you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. I have to say, although there were like maybe six answers, I have to say that in preparing my thoughts for today, I thought we're going to get far less responding. And, and I really thought I would not hear what I heard because everyone agreed on various levels, love is the most important commandment of the church. That's why I said the church and not our faith. So that's good, good. You, you guys got it down. Because the opening phrase of my homily was, I think we're in trouble. But now you embarrass me, so I got I to scrap the homily. No, not really. We're not in trouble, I don't think. We're on the right track. We look at the Old Testament today, and we hear a lot of do's and don'ts. That's very, very typical of the Old Testament, because the 613 laws, you're, you're bound to get one right or one wrong. In the New Testament, Jesus, the gospel today, we hear Jesus being very proactive uh, when he's being responded to and, and being confronted by the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the gang who's against him in the temple area. And Jesus encourages us, and I think this is something that we could use every day, uh, he encourages us to take care of ourselves, self-care. Now, you know that's on every doctor's list and every hospital you go to, there's a post there, self-care, health needs and all that good stuff and exercise and breathing and walking and all that good stuff, proper eating, self-care. So Jesus takes that and makes it a mandate that you shall love the Lord your God as you take care of, he says love, as you take care of yourself. That takes a lot of time and energy and meditation and prayer. And then he really sends a zinger in, and you shall love your neighbor with that safe and same kind of care, self-care, self-maintenance. I wonder if we do how much time we should be, and many of us do, spend on ourselves, walking, exercising, eating properly, all that good stuff, things that we watch on TV, things that we listen to, things that we, we tweet about. How many of those reflect our self-care? And do they balance with the care we give our neighbors? And in, in the Old Testament, today we're told, ooh, I mean, you, you, this Old Testament section from Exodus is like, it, it has to bug you, it really does. I mean, it's in our newspapers every day. It's on every topic. Every politician's mouth is talking about the migrants, the aliens. And what does God, through Moses, say in the book of Exodus? You shall not molest or oppress the aliens. For you were all once aliens yourselves. He's not talking to Americans. He's talking to the Israelites 
who were aliens from other countries. They were aliens from Egypt. They were aliens looking for their nomadic homeland and their permanent homeland. They were aliens, and God took care of them because, and this is the key that gets us, if you ever wrong them, any orphan or widow, they will cry out to me, and I will hear their cry, and my wrath will flare up against you. Now, I'm not us, but those who molest and oppress the aliens. He, our Pope, speaks right along those lines. Pope Francis, you know his, one of his major issues besides, well, I mean, there's a lot, world peace and, and, and dealing with the poor and, and, and ecology and self-care. It's right there on the top, migrants. And there's that funny kind of border that we have as Christians, as, as Catholics especially. To, we want to respect his teaching, respecting the migrant, respecting the alien, and all that good stuff. But yet, we got to be realistic. we got to work on that, literally, that border of safety. So there's that kind of dilemma that we as Christians, our doors and our hearts and our churches should be open to all of the aliens and the migrants and who need, because we have who need. And yet we got to maintain that safety thing. So even within the church, we're very conscious of, of the dilemma that we're, we're involved with. But I have to ask ourselves all the time, are we in trouble? Are we looking to too much for safety and not enough for charity? I don't know. And if we're following the mandate of Christ in loving our neighbor, and that neighbor goes beyond our borders and beyond your next door neighbor, if we, in, in Italian, I was reading the, in order to practice my Italian, I read the gospel during the week in, in Italian, just out loud. Just so, and in Italian, it doesn't say neighbors. The word that it is used is i prossimi. And it's translated as neighbor, but those closest to you, i prossimi, the, those neighbors, that, that's your neighbor. So if we are looking at this Christ globally, our neighbor could be on the other side of the world or in another continent, and he or she is close to us. It's a different kind of, not geographic closeness, but a charitable Christian closeness that Christ has given us. And go back to the, to the migrants, the powerless. He, he says, you know, you were aliens once and you were powerless and people were taking advantage of you. And as you're walking through the desert, different tribes are attacking you, but I always protected you. You were hungry in the desert and I gave you quail. And I always took care of you. But look at those people, the powerless. God forbid, look at the newspapers every day and, and the, the graphic pictures of the powerless. I, I, it, it used to be like one continent, but it's all over the world. I mean, it's in our own country, it's, it's Africa, it's the Middle East, it's all over the world. People who are powerless, maybe powerless because of lack of funds, lack of security and that comes with economy, lack of, lack of homes, lack of proper nutrition, lack of, of fertile earth. And these are the powerless in our world. And think about it. Have you ever been powerless? 
imagine what that would be like to rely on the goodness of another person. You know, it's nice to see, I'm not mocking at all, any charitable organization that goes to another country and they're feeding the little poor kids and all that. I mean, you, you saw that with Mother Teresa all the time. She's one of ours. You know, feeding little kids and everybody, oh, that's not so nice. But those kids grow up to be people and those people need us as much as the little cute little babies needed us. And those babies are a good example of the powerlessness that poverty involves. And we, we, don't have, we, we don't have our own security. We have to wait for the handout or, or the security of someone else or the charity of someone else. And that's true powerlessness. And yet we have power, from the other perspective, every day in our lives. You know what you're going to eat tomorrow. If not, you have the ability to make up the menu. You know how to get where you're going tomorrow. We all do. You know, if you want to contact somebody, you can call. Well, you, I used to do this on the phone. You don't do this anymore on the phone. You flip it or press the button or whatever you do. You want to contact somebody, you're in, you're in touch. You want to go online, you're in touch. One, two, three. There's power there. Imagine not having that, that power or any other power to communicate, to reach out, to be with your neighbors or your family members or we to me, the, the closest or the furthest away from you. Christ is talking about that today. And when there's no security, there's no voice. So I think he's encouraging us to be the voice of the powerless, to be the voice of the poor, to be the voice of our neighbors, because we should be taking care of ourselves 100%. Proper eating, proper diet, proper exercise, and our neighbor the same way. And, you know, he gives answers like that and got him crucified. So you're going to be crucified. Paul says the, the word comes with affliction. You're going to be crucified. You're going to be afflicted. It's going to be difficult for us, is difficult for us, to love our neighbor this way, completely. As if our neighbor were powerless. It's very difficult to love. But it's in the scriptures. It's rooted very clearly. And the opposite of not loving, afflicting, punishment, or oppressing is even worse because God says, I'm going to get you. I'll treat you like you treated them. Don't worry. They speak to me and I listen to them. So let's take that full range. When we're taking care of our neighbor, whether it's, through, you know, it's Thanksgiving season now, we're doing the, the food collection. It shouldn't be once a year. It shouldn't be once. It should be every day only a food collection, an attitude collection, a positive attitude of strength we should be sharing with each other, especially as we pick up the papers and read the conflicts and read the, the dilemma of justice versus security of, of, of the immigrants who are crawling through tunnels or, or going through deserts to get to our borders. I'm not a politician, thank God. I, I don't know how I, I'd react, but... I'd still probably be a big mouth. But these are the people that challenge us to go back to what the Pharisees heard from Jesus. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole self, and your mind and everything else part of it, and your neighbor as yourself. And it's circular. You love God, you love your neighbor, you love your neighbor, you're loving God. And, and if you are doing the loving, you're showing proper love to yourself. Because it's empowering. 
it, it costs, but it's empowering to know that my love of my neighbor puts me in a closer contact and communion with God. That's very empowering to know he's got our side. He's right there with us as we reach out and take care. The mandate comes from God. And why? Because it goes back to our faith. We believe God created everybody, okay? All people. So in loving all people, we're saying thank you to God for what he's blessed us with and for what we can bless one another with. It, it hurts, but I think we have the mandate and I think we have to ask ourselves, are we living this mandate or are we in trouble? I took something from the early church. It's um, from a, a philosopher who was an Athenian in Greece. His name is Aristides, Aristides. And this is what he wrote when he's writing to um, one of the Caesars, uh, Hadrian, as a matter of fact. And this is like third century. Wouldn't you wish this would be us? He's talking about these Christians who follow the, the Christus, the Christ. Falsehood is not found among them. And they love one another. And from widows, they do not turn away their esteem. And they deliver the orphan from him who treats him harshly. And he who has gives to him who has not, without boasting. And when they see a stranger, they take him into their homes and rejoice over him as a very brother. For they do not call them brethren after the flesh, but brethren after the Spirit of God. And whenever one of their poor passes from the world, each one of them, according to his ability, gives need and heeds him and carefully sees to his burial. And if they hear that one of their number is imprisoned or afflicted on account of the name of their Messiah, all of them anxiously minister to his necessity. And if it is possible to redeem him, they set him free. And if there is among them any that is poor and needy, and if they have no no food spared, they fast two days or three days in order to supply to the needy their lack of food. They observe the precepts of their Messiah with much care, living justly and soberly as the Lord their God commanded them. Every morning and every hour, they give thanks and praise to God for his loving kindness toward them and for their food and their drink they offer thanksgiving to them. Wouldn't that be great if people said this about us, 21st century Christians, as they said about the 3rd century Christians? Who are our neighbors? We've got to answer it according to Christ, or else we're in trouble. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots 
being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.